Welcome to Aging in Full Bloom with Lisa Stockdale, sponsored by Capital Healthcare Network, an Ohio-based, family-owned and operated company providing solutions that help seniors age on their own terms. Those solutions include home care, senior living, nursing home and rehab care, and hospice. Learn more at CapitalHealthCareNetwork.com. Listeners, thank you for joining Aging in Full Bloom with Lisa Stockdale. I'm your host, Lisa, and today my guest is Joe Russell. Joe is the Executive Director of Ohio Council for Home Care and Hospice. Um, Joe and his organization are near and dear to my heart because my day job, my real job, is closely connected to home health care. And Joe's organization is sort of on the front lines, protecting and advocating for our industry. Good morning. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? Hi, Lisa. Excellent. Thanks for having me today. Of course. Of course. Tell us about Ohio Council for Home Care and Hospice. I think I sort of described it, but you might want listeners to know a little something more, a little something different. Absolutely. So the Council for Home Care and Hospice has been around since 1965. Uh, We started out as a very small uh, volunteer-driven organization that really just existed to to share resources amongst home care companies. And then over the years, it's really grown as the industry has grown. Mm -hmm. Um, We we specialize in providing more than 600 home care hospice and palliative care organizations across the state with education, provider support and technical assistance, as well as uh, government advocacy and lobbying. And uh, we've we've really come into our own and we're really just trying to uh, get ready for the new world. Uh, COVID has really accelerated what post-acute healthcare looks like. And we're trying to lead the way for our member agencies to to create a world in which more people can stay home as they get older. Yeah, and I just want, I want to read um, an excerpt from an article I wrote recently, which will be published soon. Um, it's called Receiving Care at Home Has Its Advantages. And uh, the first paragraph goes like this. An emotional attachment to home has now been validated by science. But seriously, we don't need science to tell us what we already know. Our relationship to home is real. The concept of home rises above the constructs of brick and mortar or dwelling. Home provides an unrivaled sense of security, belonging, privacy, and comfort. It's the place we make memories, retreat from the public, and care for ourselves and our families. And what we know, Joe, as home health care providers or advocates, is that people want to age at home. They want to get well at home. They want to die at home. Um, home's where it's at. It is our comfort zone. And we're in a unique position as providers to help them realize that desire. Um mm-hmm. And I think that's why we're in love with this industry. Um, you referenced post-acute. We always talk in terms that the average Joe or the consumer doesn't understand. Um, we're talking about after the hospital, after the nursing mm-hmm. home. 
you can go home and continue to receive medical services there, um, whether you're on the road to recovery or whether you're uh, at, at end of life. Um, that's where we have you covered on the home care and hospice side. And we're passionate about this industry. Um, I think you have an idea of why I am. Why are you so passionate about it, Joe? And I know you are. I am very passionate about uh, home care. And, and what we actually refer to it as health care at home mm-hmm. because it encompasses so many different things. Home care and how it works is, is different than hospice, but both of those are primarily provided in the home. And then you get into, you know, other services like transportation and uh, durable medical equipment. And all of a sudden, there's a lot of complexity to trying to deliver services in the home. I'm actually uh, passionate about healthcare at home because of my personal experience. Um, I've watched my grandparents utilize hospice and I, um, they were lucky enough to be able to receive those services in their home. Um, and a, a little bit of uh, my background, I spent a number of years as the lobbyist for the Developmental Disabilities Association here in the state of Ohio. And uh, that's near and dear to my heart because I have relatives who are developmentally disabled. And um, I have watched the difference between the life they can lead in the community versus the life they can lead if they're, quote unquote, institutionalized. Yeah. Um, so when I when I was approached uh, to take this position, I actually was not a home care expert by any means. Um, But I already knew and I already had a sense that this is where things were moving because of consumer demand, um, because of costs that are rising. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's less expensive and higher, uh, have better customer satisfaction, so to speak, when when that health care is provided in the home versus having you get in the car or go somewhere or even stay somewhere. So um, it is it is near and dear to my heart. This is not just a a job to me. And actually, uh, if you talk to. Uh, our our staff or our board, you, uh, they'll tell you, uh, Joe's very passionate. I'm very passionate about about this work, and I'm very dedicated to uh, continuing to push for changes that are going to make living in the community and receiving healthcare in the community better. Yeah, and and full disclosure. Um, so one of the owners of the company that I work for, and the company that sponsors this podcast, Capital Healthcare Network, um, one of the owners, Kara Bernson, is a board member um, at Ohio Council, and she has told me how crazy passionate you are, um, and that's a good thing because we can talk about protecting an industry, and people might start to take a nap, but really we're protecting people people who are vulnerable. What makes them vulnerable right. is the, the fact that they have a health care challenge. Anytime we have a health care challenge, we become vulnerable. Um, so that it, it is all about people, um, people who deserve services and they are readily available. And we just have to figure out a way to help the powers that be help us keep doing what we're doing. Um, and I understand we have some challenges when it comes to mm-hmm. that. Talk to me about that. Well, um, I love the fact that you just talked about Healthcare, and especially in this space, being all about people and yes. all about it's not just the patient, right? It's not just the person receiving services. It's also their family because we're interacting with families. 
um, and we're going into people's very personal space uh, to provide them, in, in some cases, very personal health care-related services. Um, so we have to be about people. And in fact, if you talk to many of the members of the association, they'll tell you, you know, we make we don't make decisions based solely on business. We make decisions based upon how we're serving our community and how we can positively impact uh, our community. The problem is, is that we spend a lot of our time at the administrative level um, focused on the business of healthcare. And that's not because that's not because of our own doing. Um, it is sort of the nature of the beast. And so, when I'm having conversations with the Department of Medicaid or the Department of Health or the General Assembly, a lot of those a lot of those conversations, a lot of those problems are the the business of of healthcare. And it and it and it bogs you down, and it's disappointing because you know there's a lot of things that are are barriers two individuals being able to receive more care in the home, it's directly related to the business of healthcare. And uh, we're working on that and we're gonna continue to chip away. But that, that the point about uh, being all about people is exactly what we want for healthcare at home. Yeah, and unfortunately, the work that we have to do um, to protect the people um, who benefit from this industry is um, knee-deep in bureaucratic weeds, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and it isn't always fun, but you you're, you, folks are getting it done. Is there anything um, on the horizon right now that is particularly challenging or that you would want um, the general public to understand? Definitely. I think there's, uh, there's two big areas. Uh, one is in regards to how uh, folks... Um, insurance works with providers um, and this may not be something that that patients um, often think about but you know when you start to think about okay if I want home care who can I have who can provide the, those services the people that might be available in your insurance network might not be the best providers they they might be but they might not be either and and a lot of times and, and this is becoming more and more of an issue is where, you know, the, the health plans are, are, are in between the provider and the patient in a way that makes it very difficult for the provider uh, to, to, do it, to do their job. And so we're continually building relationships. We're continually having conversations and trying to drive positive changes um, that will lead to better relationships between the health plans and home health and hospice agencies. Uh, but the really big thing going on right now that that all your listeners really need to know about is the Choose Home Care Act. Uh, this legislation is uh, has received bipartisan, bicameral support in Congress. And what it would essentially do is create a new benefit in the Social Security that w when and if you get to a point where you need um, skilled nursing care that you automatically get a choice to get that care at home or if you want to go into a nursing facility. Now, it doesn't mean that you're that you can't. You, it's just we want to make sure people have a choice because there's too many people that are kind of forced to go into an institutionalized environment and they don't really want to, but there's no other choice for them. I, I think the the fact of the matter is is that the home health benefit for Medicare and and for Medicaid, both are outdated. 
they really need to kind of be updated so that it reflects the, the current healthcare system. Because a lot of these benefits were drawn many, many years ago when healthcare at home looked very different. And so we're really trying to affect positive change um, and, and choose home would really allow that to take place. Um, we were hoping that it could get passed in this Congress. Uh, we're gonna continue to, to work towards that. Um, but regardless of what happens, uh, we are going to continue to work on this, even if it doesn't pass this Congress. It's a really, really important development. Okay, let me ask you some questions, because um, you have inspired a, a couple of burning questions sure. here. Um, this Congress, when does this Congress end? This Congress will end at, on December 31st of 2022. Okay. If we have bipartisan support, what's holding us up? Well, Lisa, how much time do you got? <laughs> uh, it's it's mm. politics, um, and it's not necessarily politics that are attached to this issue. Uh -huh. um, Washington, and I'm probably not sharing anything that's that's mind blowing here, but Washington in the state of our current country is a divided place, and getting anything done has proven to be very challenging. And so, although this is a particular issue that, you know, has a lot of support, which, by the way, is a very good sign, um, even though it does, it, you know, there's a lot of sort of different pieces and parts that have to fall together right at the right time in order to make it happen. Okay. And so, and I think uh, if it was just this issue alone, I don't, I don't see that there would be much of an issue but you know let's be honest that you know there are some stakeholders that are taking a look at this and they don't love it and it's undoubtedly because they're starting to see okay you know for example if you if you're an operator of a skilled nursing facility and your census is struggling you know the idea that now you're going to struggle even more is is a tough pill to swallow and you know in a free country with a with a uh, uh republic form of um government uh everybody has a voice and i think congress is doing its due diligence um to make sure that this is the right policy for for the country we obviously think it is and and we will continue to push for it but but that's just sort of the high high level explanation of what can kind of hold things up but it's important for our listeners to understand that even though um we say it sounds good on all fronts there's always somebody opposing everything and even though we say we have bipartisan support um it doesn't mean that this is of high importance to everybody you didn't say that so i'll say that and i'll own it um, it's important to us because we do this and we see the people who directly benefit and we mm -hmm. know that we can enhance people's quality of life by providing um, an experience. As you, you referenced the customer service piece, it's just a happier place to be. It's your comfort zone. Um, and there's a bunch of evidence to suggest that people recover quicker at home. Um, but it doesn't mean it's at the top of every politician's to-do list <laughs> to help um, the home care industry and the elderly who need services at home. It's the, it's at the top of our list, and we're working to make it more of a priority for them. 
Um, Absolutely. And it's called Choose Home, the Choose Home Care Act. Yes, Choose and Home. And, um, you know, there's two. Uh, we've got some really great partners in Washington that are leading the charge on this. Uh, the National Association for Home Care in Hospice, led mm-hmm. by Bill Dombey, has done an incredible job sort of leading the charge on trying to get this done. Um, the Partnership for Quality Healthcare, um, working, uh, being led by Joanne Cunningham, has done another spectacular job in helping organize advocates to, to push. Uh, but we're really, really what need, uh, what people can do who are listening, if, you, if you're interested in this and you want to get involved, uh, is reach out to your legislator, both your U.S. Uh, representative and your U.S. senator, and ask them to co-sponsor the bill. Um, ask them that they'll know what Choose Home is. Uh, we've been doing a lot of advocacy, uh, but uh, uh, ask them to co-sponsor Choose Home. The more co-sponsors we have, the more likely it is uh, for people to, or for legislators to, for it to get passed, essentially. Um, the other thing you can do is uh, we actually have an advocacy center on our website yes. where people can sign up for it and can get updates, not just on this issue, the Choose Home issue, but also all the issues that we've been working on. Um, people can go to www.ochch dot org slash advocacy slash take dash action and there's a a button to click to sign up you just put your name and contact information and then you're in the system and and periodically you'll get you'll get updates on things we're working on including choose home so and is there a mechanism on the website for us to actually contact our um, representatives that is a great question um (laughs) i am trying to yeah so you'll uh you'll be able to um to get connected with your legislators uh through through this and if not um there are other resources on the advocacy portion of our website to, to make you know connections. And we'll make sure when the um, podcast publishes that we give um, accurate information um, about what the easiest way to do this is. Because uh-huh. um, everybody wants ease of use, right? Everybody wants it to be easy. And there, I don't know if there's a number, if there's a phone number that you can call or not, but we'll find all that out. Um, and make sure that we share that with our audience, um, you know, when it does publish, because we think that's important. Now, I want to ask a few more questions. Um, sure. So, is home health care as an industry ready to rise to the um, challenge in terms of providing the kind of care at home that a nursing home perho- provides, you know, in a nursing home? I mean, aren't those two different things? Yeah, that's a really great question, and the it's a complex answer, but the the simple answer is yes. So it's important to understand how healthcare at home looks compared to other healthcare delivery systems. You know, when you go into a hospital, you sort of have an expectation of what a hospital is and what it looks like, right? And no matter where you go in this country in a hospital, they're fairly fairly similar. I mean, obviously some of them have better specialties than others or, you know, whatever, but they're kind of similar. Um, healthcare home is a little bit different and it's because it's so consumer driven, 
we've got programs that are hospital-based programs, our nursing facility-based programs. They're independent. Um, they're large. They're small. There's We have members that literally only serve their local community. That's it. They don't have any big goals of going national or anything like that. So obviously the capabilities between those different entities are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also to the way that the programs shake out at the state of Ohio with there being so much fragmentation between these different payer sources and different programs means that different programs have developed different areas of specialties. So for example, Uh, Some people might focus their attention on what we call non-medical care or just your simple home care um, because that's what they thrive in, where other agencies might focus entirely on the skilled portion of of home care, which we refer to as home health. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, all the work that we're doing and working with our members is to, to, um, to get them prepared for this new era of healthcare if they're not already. Uh, the the thoughts of when you ask most people what what home care is and what you know it it's uh, a lot of people will either not know or they'll say oh that's when someone goes in their house and you know has a cup of coffee uh, <laughs> with them to keep them company and I assure you nothing could be further from the truth our members are treating very complex patients yeah. with multiple comorbidities uh, we everywhere from uh, kids that have trachs and you know breathing tubes all the way up to advanced um uh diseased individuals who you know are we're just trying to manage manage them at this point so uh, who you know who've lived a long life uh great lives um and 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 everything in between um so we definitely have the capability to meet um the future of the healthcare needs, but it's going to, it's going to take, it's going to take some more work. And um, there are other extenuating circumstances that are outside of our industry's control that also, also play into that. And that's where you say, like I, when I think of Ohio council, I always think advocacy, but there's this educational piece as well, mm-hmm. like getting the industry prepared um, yep. to deal with the challenges coming and the challenges at hand and the challenges that we didn't expect um, that hit us smack in the face and, you know, say March of 2020, if you were in Ohio, um, might have been slightly different depending on where you live in the country. But um, there's these sort of dual purposes um, of your organization, and that's one of the reasons that we value and support what you do. And the other piece that you you alluded to was that and I want to say this because I want the um, the public to understand, um, as someone who works for a home health care provider, if it were up to me and if it were up to the owners of the company that I work for, if it were up to my boss, if it were up to the nurses and the, th- the physical and occupational and speech therapist and the back office staff, we would take care of every sick elder that knocked on our door. No one would ever be turned away. We can't do that because there's this little thing called reimbursement, and we have to make enough money to keep the doors open, um, which means occasionally we have to make a profit. Um, And so if on the back end, insurances aren't willing to um, give us 
enough money to do that, we have a problem. And and then the other thing is if they're not willing to allow enough um, visits, you know, say they say, oh, you can only have six physical therapy visits, but maybe the patient needs 10 or 12 in order to realize recovery. That puts us in a pickle. So we're doing the best we can, and home care is not unique in this. I mean, we could the nursing homes face the same challenges, um, but a lot of times it's the insurance companies, um, and I'm not trying to paint them bad or color them bad, but I'm just saying uh, making a profit shouldn't be a bad thing. It's, it's a requirement in order to stay open, in order to continue to provide care. Um, and so in order to do that, we need fair reimbursement. If that isn't happening or if it's only happening for certain segments of the population, um, that puts us in a bad spot. And Absolutely. so we're doing the best we can, and that's why we need to fight the good fight. Um, well, Lisa, if I may, you know, just to kind of drill down a little bit more so people understand what it is we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, the, the the state of Ohio uh, in this past biennium budget, uh, increased home health services by 6.1%, which in, in a one or even a two year period, um, isn't, isn't that bad. It's, uh, it's not spectacular, but it's not horrible. But when you take into consideration the fact that there had been, uh, or that the reimbursement levels were at 1998 levels prior to the (laughs) 6.1% increase, Uh it's, it just blows out the budget. So what we're seeing is, you know, people are losing 30 cents on every dollar that it costs to provide a Medicare recipient home care and people can't do it anymore. And and so if you're um, Ohioan with less resources and you happen to be on the Medicaid program, um, chances are that every day that goes by, your ability to get access to home care is going to be more and more diminished um, because those Medicaid recipients are, are being crowded out by Medicare recipients um when when the, the company has the same staff and they're they're providing the same services they're just two different people paying the be- the bill mm-hmm. um it becomes very very challenging so you're absolutely right that you know no nobody's in this business um to make a ton of money if you were this isn't the business you would choose <laughs> but at the right. end of the day the, the end of the day Healthcare, even though it's a fully reg- regulated market, it is a commodity market because it relies on uh, on you giving me something or me giving you something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, at the at a minimum, we need to have our costs covered. And un- unless you know policymakers really put their heads together to say, okay, all of healthcare is moving in in the community direction, we need to invest in that. Um, you know, there's a, a big cost driver for the state is rehospitalizations. We have a very unique ability to help these health plans in the state of Ohio keep people out of the hospital. But unfortunately, that there's just no mechanism for that right now. And, it, and it's really problematic. So um, we're going to continue to see problems like that unless our, our elected leaders and policymakers kind of come to the table and say, hey, we, let's figure this out. All right. We're almost out of time. Bottom line is we need the public's help um, to continue to do what we're doing, um, to do it for everybody, to do it um, with the highest quality in terms of delivery of care. Ohio Council for Home Care and Hospice. 
Um, Joe Russell, he's the executive director. He's the fellow talking to us right now. They're behind us, but we need you to push some buttons. Um, contact your local representative, um, House of Representatives or the Senate, and tell them to co-sponsor this bill. Choose home care. Absolutely. Thank you, Lisa. I get appreciate it what you're doing. Hey, we yep. appreciate what you're doing, and we'll stay in touch, um, and we'll circle back around and see whether or not this Congress gets it done. They've got time. It's only March, right? Yeah, yeah it's got time. Yeah, when um, when you've got it up and posted, uh, send it all over to me, and we'll, we'll blast it out on our circuits. Sounds good. Joe, thank you for your work. Thanks, Lisa. I appreciate you. Thank you. Listeners, we hope you enjoyed the program. Until next time, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be forever at your back.